saying that my name is Mike, and I'm a real marijuana addict, and I've been uh, clean and sober, um, I guess it's been around three years, and um, I don't keep up with the time. Um, I don't really keep up with the time too much. I know it was on October 31st, and um, quite honestly, um, my life and my pretty much my entire adult life from a time of about 16 years on is uh, really, really fuzzy. Um, I, I started smoking pot um, when I was, I guess, about 16 years old. And I'm trying to remember now some of the earlier memories uh, because I don't know about anybody else, but I got a little problem with my memory. Um, um, I think marijuana had a little bit to do with that. Um, but I can remember the first time I got high. Um, I was smoking hashish, and it's a very vague, vague memory. And one of the only things that I really, really remember really about it was that I couldn't stop laughing. And, um, boy, I loved it. It just uh, it just did something for me right there from the get-go, from the first time I got high. And, um, and I chased it ever since. And um, it was not really very long before it was something I became obsessed with. And that's what, um, that's how it, that's what it's like for me. Um, if I, if I pick up a joint, uh, it becomes the, um, uh, the center of my life and it becomes an obsession that I, I can't seem to get rid of, not without, um, uh, not without a spiritual experience and, um, and not without, um, a lot of hard work it took for me when I first got clean and sober this last time around. Um, but um, I guess I was living up in Connecticut and um, and like I said about my first time and uh, I drank some when I was younger too, but it, it, drinking seemed to, you know, I remember coming home at night and, and walking and, and, and laying in bed and the bed would start spinning and I had to get up and crawl and sneak out the back door and poop my guts out and come back in the house. And, and I learned how to sneak around uh, at a very young age. And I learned, I learned how to do some things really, really well. Um, cause it was, um, it's absolutely, it was absolutely crucial for me, my survival. Um, one of the things I learned how to do real well was to lie. And the other thing I learned real well how to do is to sneak around. And, um, and I perfected those art, that art, that both of those, like an art to me uh, after so many years. And also perfected the art of having this inability to be honest with myself. Because... Um, Let me try to go back and I'll try to explain what happened. I'm getting into a little bit more. <clears throat> I want to get into what happened, but I, I really need to tell a little bit more about my history and my pot smoking, I guess, first. Um, as I said, I, I loved it from the get-go. It became a, an obsession of my mind at a very early age and very quickly. And I remember my dad was uh, telling the family that he was being transferred. We lived in Connecticut. We were being transferred to uh, North Carolina because he was – coming down here as 
with the business that he was working for, the company he worked for was transferring him down here. And some of my earlier memories are, you know, when I remember that I just started smoking pot prior to moving down to North Carolina, and I knew where the I knew the kids that smoked pot in my in the school up there, but I never really got into that crowd. And I can remember um, coming down to North Carolina, and and my thoughts were, right when I get there, I'm gonna be that's the crowd I'm hanging with. Those are the people I'm gonna. Uh, hang with i'm going to i'm going to find the people that are doing this i'm going to get a connection and this is that's what i thought about when i was leaving uh connecticut um i never felt like i fit in anywhere so moving really really wasn't that big of a deal to me i didn't have but a few friends and um it, it didn't seem to impact me too much the news that we were moving to uh, north carolina because i guess i was thinking it would be a uh, a new start for me because I had moved about six times in my life up until that time. It seems like I probably just stayed everywhere about just long enough to be able to get a few friends and then it was time to move. And um, I never really gave that much thought about what, you know, what impact that had on me, but I guess I didn't have too much of a problem coming down to North Carolina because I knew what I was going to, I knew what I was going to do when I got down here. I played tennis, and I figured um, um, in high school, and I was a pretty good tennis player, and I um, I knew I could make friends because I could get on the tennis court and make friends, and I did. And um, but that, that, those guys weren't the big potheads. There was a couple of guys that smoked pot, but I did definitely make friends with the kids and the guys at, at the school that were potheads, and I. Um, Early on, I hung out with a bunch of guys that, I guess, I don't know why, I thought I was better than them. Um, my whole life, I've always felt like I'm either better than you or I'm less than you. Uh, I've always had a hard time feeling as though I'm equal to anybody for some reason. I don't know why that is. But um, anyways, um, I, I um, started smoking pot down here, and I got my connection. I was working jobs as I was going to school. I actually made it into college. I went to UNCW, and I, d I didn't do too bad um, um, as far as um, functioning. Um, but about my second year in college, and I did all the other drugs as well, but, uh, and, but that, that – that, but pot was my main thing. It always was my main thing. And um, I went through college, and I dropped out after two years because it just wasn't um, – it just um, – I, I figured I was going to go back. It was one of those lies I told myself, sure, I'll, I'll just go back. I'm taking a summer off. And when I took that summer off, this is something that really um, was uh, something that I, I ended up getting a job at a furniture manufacturing facility. And um, that was um, – that was just the um, that was something that really really accelerated my 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 problems with with my obsession with marijuana because um, I got this job and we, there was a running joke. This was years ago too that you know you had to know somebody out there to get a job. It was a very successful furniture manufacturing company that I started working for, and they were in the growing stages of. Um, their operations and a couple of state students started the, the, the business and they were big partiers and, and, you know, when you pull into the uh, facility there where we manufactured the, the, the furniture, the, the, the gates were locked behind you. And um, so to speak. And when I said that you had to know somebody to get a job out there and it, it, what the running joke really was, 
you, you had to take a, um, uh, a a urine test or whatever that you had to be tested for drugs. And if if you weren't positive, you, you couldn't get a job there. And it's, I say that because everybody out there smoked pot. I was just living in a world, live, talk about living in your own private world. Uh, I was going to work every every morning with a bong sitting on the floorboard of the passenger seat of my car and um, hitting it on the way to work, um, hitting it at 10 o'clock, hitting it at 12 o'clock, hitting it at 2 o'clock all day long, um, and just basically stayed stoned all day long, drinking a couple of beers at lunch with, with, with the uh, plant manager that I was working under and doing lines of coke and, and, and making good money. And, and I was, I, um, had really good hand-eye coordination. And so this was piecework. And so like you were building each piece of furniture from the beginning to the end and you, you build so much furniture, you make so much money. And I was making all kinds of money cause I was really good and really fast at what I was doing and, um, arrogant about it too. But, um, Anyways, I ended up getting in trouble. I was selling pot, and I got arrested and went to treatment. And, and that was the seed that got planted a long time ago, back in 1984, 85. That seed was planted for recovery. Um, watch my time. I don't know I, how long I have to talk. I don't think I get started until about 10 after anyways. So I think I'm still only not quite halfway through. I want to get into recovery and want to get into what I what – I, um, some thoughts about recovery and, and, and get, get to what happened. Um, but basically it was just the same thing. It was just like Groundhog Day, the movie, just get up and it was the same thing over and over, over again with the marijuana. I, I worked at the furniture place for 10 years and they took good care of me. Um, if I just did a little too much drugs over the weekend, I would come in late on Monday and I set my own schedule. I came and went as I pleased. And I was a real arrogant guy at that point in time in my life. I, um, um, I was making really good money and had great benefits. And it was a physical job, but it was like a job unlike any other job that I'd be able to find. It was just a weird thing that I found myself there. Um, and of course, I wasn't going to be able to make the kind of money I was making forever. The company ended up, um, some bad things happened with the company, and I, I kind of sort of quit and was, and it, 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 because my, my pay got cut in half because I couldn't compete with the worldwide furniture industry. That's, a, that's another story in itself. But anyways, I, I, when I got, let me get to what my state of mind when I got, um, when I got into my disease real hard. I, a couple of things. I guess I need to say is that um, I got to a point in my pot smoking that my thinking was like this. As long as I have pot, I can handle anything in my life. I can handle all the positive stuff that happens in my life, the negative stuff. And I, I use pot to live and, and, and live to use pot. And that's basically how I lived for about 30 years. It, I have to say it was the most important thing in my life. It came before everything. Um, and um, I was one of those functioning potheads because I, you know, I figured, well, I'm still paying my bills. And, uh, and, and, and it, it seemed like, you know, although my life was kind of a wreck and I was in a lot of debt, I was still telling myself that things were okay. And, um, I'm trying to think here most of my most of that time period in the last 20 years is such a fuzzy fuzzy time because I was doing a whole lot of other drugs other than marijuana and um 
by the time I got there uh, and, and, and got to MA, I was so sick that um, I remember I didn't seem – first of all, I, I cried for 30 straight days. And, and it, 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 I had two brief relapses when I came to MA this last time. I guess it was probably five years ago. And um, But um, when I first got there, um, I was going through a separation and a divorce with my, with my wife, and I had two kids that were getting torn apart through that and going through a lot of pain, and I didn't have marijuana to dull that. And um, it was tough not having marijuana to dull that pain that I was going through, the emotional pain that I was feeling. And, boy, was I feeling a lot of emotional pain at that time. And um, it was hard to shake the obsession and that's why I think that I relapsed twice because I had a reservation that somehow, some way that maybe I could go back and just do a little. But that was, uh, that was my great obsession that um, it, it was just unbelievable how strong the obsession can be. It overrides all logic. It overrides for me any kind of logical thing because, you know, I had been arrested I had been, um, but the thing about it is, too, that I kept getting in trouble and having problems, wrecking cars, went through a windshield and had, you know, reconstructive surgery on my face, broke my arm, and all this stuff happened as a result of being under the influence and using drugs and especially marijuana. And um, I kept telling myself, um, I'm somehow, some way, I'm going to control and enjoy this. That was the obsession that I could not shake, that somehow, some way, I was going to control and enjoy it. Um, and, and, and when I got there, when I got here, finally, I, uh, it was really, I was really um, quite screwed up in the head. I still am today, quite honestly. But um, after... A few weeks or so of being clean and sober, I just didn't feel right. I went to the doctor. I hadn't had a physical in years. And, you know, I went to the doctor, and, and he said, well, I don't know how you're walking because I'd like, to be, I'd like to have you at the hospital tomorrow first thing in the morning at 9 o'clock for a blood transfusion. And I had two units of blood that I had transfused the next, the next morning. And, you know, this thing about me when my with my pot smoking, I never seemed to be sick. I was just always sick, and I never noticed being sick. Um, so, anyways, I was pretty sick when I got to MA, really sick. And the sickest thing about me was my thinking, quite honestly, because you know when you reach a pot, a point with 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 your um, addiction, when I reached a point with my addiction at the end. Um, it's kind of hard to quit when you're thinking is I was somehow some way I'm going to control and enjoy it. And as long as I have my pot, I'll be able to handle anything. Now um, I, I had people around me that, and, 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 and somehow I was able to reach a point where I guess it was doing something to me at that point in time. And it, I guess it was just what it was doing to me was a little bit more than what it was doing for me. Um, I felt like I was going crazy. Um, I was getting up and getting stoned every single morning as I did for 30 years. And um, anyways, I did kind of feel like I was going kind of crazy and I kind of knew um, 
that I had a problem kind of in the back of my mind, sort of, I knew I had a problem and I, I figured I, I, I probably need to do something about it. Um, so I guess if I could say anything about, um, recovery for me is I would say three words that are real important. That would be never give up because I tried quitting. Oh, so many times. It's not even funny. I was the guy that ran out, five miles away from the house and buried it in the ground telling myself, well, it's Wednesday. If I can drive out to the lake, bury it in the ground, and I'll, I won't go back till Friday and then I'll be able to just smoke on the weekends. That was the, my logic. That was the way I thought that, you know, through my whole uh, life with marijuana. And I always thought the lies that I told myself were I just – you know, as all, I just, I was the kind of guy that just tried quitting and quit and quit. And I would quit for 30 days, quit for 60 days. And I just, I spent a lot of years telling myself, I need to quit this stuff. I need to quit this stuff. And I would periodically quit for short periods of time. And so it may leads me to believe that, um, you know, I've got a problem with the way I think that marijuana, I've said this before, I don't feel like marijuana is really my problem. I feel like my problem is my thinking because I kept going back. I kept going back and to, to, to smoke and dope. And sometimes when I went back to smoke it, the paranoia and the way it made me feel just devastated me. But I was, the next day, I was there I was doing it again. And the next day and the next day until it just felt like normal. Because that was pretty much my normal state of mind. If I didn't use it for a while, it was a little tough for the first day or two, but then I was back to my normal state of mind. That was just what I knew. Um, so, like I said, I had a couple of brief relapses, and and I've been clean and sober for a few years now. And I've come to believe that um, it's my thinking that I've got a problem with and not marijuana. I think marijuana was just a symptom of what my, of, of, of my, my disease of, of addiction. And I think I've got a lot of other things to, um, um, that I have to work on and address. And when I say never give up, I'm at the point now where I feel as though I've done the first three steps because I don't any longer have an obsession for marijuana, which is sort of like a, a definitely a miracle for me because where I came from and my my, my state of mind when I uh, reached the what I call the end stages of addiction, where you can't live with it and you can't live without it, because that's the way I felt at the end. I didn't feel like I could live with it, and I did not feel like I could live without it. That's a tough place to be. That's a tough place to be. So I want to talk about recovery. I want to talk about how did I get out of that hole? How did I get out of that hole where I couldn't live with it and I couldn't live without it? Well, for me, it was a lot. Uh, it was it was a lot of service work for me at the beginning. I have to admit that I'd gone to so many twelve step meetings, thousands of them, before I finally quit. And I. I'm not too dumb of a guy, relatively intelligent, I think. And I, I really kind of had this sneaky suspicion that um, it, what they've been telling me for all of these years, I had better start doing it. I'm a believer that it's what you do in recovery, and it's, for me, the actions that I've taken in recovery that's kept me clean and sober. I have not been able to think 
my way into being clean and sober. I never have and I never will. I have had to act my way into being clean and sober. And when I say that, what I mean is I spent a fairly considerable amount of time for me in trying to do service work from the very, very beginning. And, um, and I think that was really crucial in, in, in getting me over the beginning of, of um, you know, the withdrawal. And, 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 and um, I guess, uh, you know, for me, the longer I stay away from marijuana, it seems like, and I do make an effort at recovery, for me, um, it, 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 it seems to be getting easier for me not to smoke pot. Thank God. Um, I have to to really say that I I just don't wake up thinking about it anymore. And um, and I I don't think about it during my day. I don't think about it much until I go and go to these MA meetings. And um, I'm thinking I've got 10, I think I've got about six more minutes to share. And if I'm wrong, just let me know, uh, Marianne, and I'll wrap it up sooner. But I do want to talk about recovery some more. And, 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 um, and you know, re- recovery has, um, you know, stopping smoking pot for me didn't make my life better. It didn't make anything different because I just all it did was make me abstinent of marijuana. And um, I really, really struggle with um, growing in recovery. And uh, you know, when I, when I uh, one of the big things that, that that got me into staying clean and sober again is I, I really believed at the end that I, I was not going to be able to kind of reach some goals in my life and do some things with my life that I wanted to do as long as I kept smoking pot. I, believe me, I tried for a long time, and it just wasn't happening. And I did. That was part of the honesty. And um, I think um, for me, it all started with, you know, learning something about myself that I didn't know, like learning myself about what does powerless mean to me. And um, powerless to me means that, you know, I pick up one joint, all the old tapes start playing in my head and all of the, you know, I just, it just, it just starts it all over again. And, um, thankfully, uh, I, I don't wish to do that today, but, um, there's a whole lot more stuff. I got this feeling that there's a whole lot more stuff that I don't know about myself that I think, um, the steps are slowly helping me to see. And, um, recovery again has just been really painfully slow for me. Um, I, I know I've got character defects, and I know, you know, like, I can't say no. My fiance asked me if she could come in and give me a hug while I'm doing this talk. Uh, you know, to, she was trying to just be supportive, and I couldn't say no. Well, I had to walk back out there and say, you know what? Can you wait till 8.30, please? I'll need a hug at 8.30, but I can't, I don't want to lose my focus, and I'm afraid that I'll feel like I'm going to lose my focus if you can get, and that was the hardest thing for me to do is to tell her that say no. Um, you know, that's, I don't know why, because it's a matter of, I guess, not being honest with myself 
with when I'm when I when in 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 in, in my life, and the inability to say no is just not being honest with myself, and I guess that comes from fear, afraid of what um, what's going to happen or whatever. Um, but anyways, I, I totally forgot about speaking tonight until about twenty uh, until you know a little before eight when. Thankfully, Dave Yeo gave me a call to remind me about speaking tonight. I'm really, really bad about um, being organized and remembering things, and and I'm, I really struggle with that. Um, but I think I was like that before smoking pot. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure pot did some damage to my brain, but um, anyways, Dave Yeo reminded me that I was speaking tonight, so. I did the best. I'm doing the best I can and sharing my experience, strength, and hope and, you know, what it was like and what, where marijuana led me and my frame of my, 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 my thinking when I got here and my thinking now. And um, as, as far as I've gotten in three years is um, I, I don't have the obsession to smoke marijuana today. And... Um, I'm really hard on myself, and I really feel like I should be better, further along in my recovery. And again, I gotta, I gotta say, it's just so important for me that I remember that I can never give up. I damn sure am not where I used to be, and I damn sure am not where I want to be in life with 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 my recovery in my life. But um. I, I, I am going to um, keep on plugging away at it. I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. I'm going to try to allow myself to be human. And it's real hard for me to do that. And um, I'm slowly learning how to do these things. And, um, and, and they're not easy to do. Learning how to be human and it's even really hard to let other people be human around me. I've been through a lot in the last few years, a lot in the last few years and in, in, in recovery with my personal life, with some really tough things I've been dealing with, with my family, particularly my daughters, and um, very painful things that I've been dealing with. And... Um, you can go through a really, really hard time in life and not have to get high. I can assure you that. I have gone through some extremely excruciating, painful, emotional things in the last three years and have not had to go back and smoke marijuana. And um, I think I'm about running out of time. And uh, I didn't prepare very well tonight for this talk. But um, if I wanted to share anything about my experience, strength, and hope about my life and recovery, it would be to um, keep coming back and never give up. Even when you're here and you've been here for a while, keep 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 trying and don't give up on trying to you know um, work with this re- work on this recovery. And service work is important. And it helped me to get out of myself early on in recovery. I don't do it as much as I used to, but um, 
I feel a little sense of pride and a little proud of some of the things I've done as far as service work and um, it's one of the one of the things that I do feel good about myself about and um, so um, I, that 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 I feel like has been uh, my experience as best as I can tell it tonight and um, again I'm really grateful that I'm clean and sober and I'm grateful that um, I can be human and um, I don't have to be perfect and I think that's about all I can say Marianne I'm just going to keep coming back and just keep trying to uh, improve and thanks again for letting me share and talk tonight and um, I guess um, I guess that's it for me for now <laughs>